Welcome back to the Company of One podcast. This is your host, Dale Callahan, and this is episode number 147. Today, we're going to talk about the issue that we always hear in an interview. Well, not always, but often we ask the question, where do you see yourself in five years? That's kind of an arbitrary number, right? Why do we ask that question? And maybe more importantly, what's your answer to that question? So we want to dive into that. But before we do, let me just jump out and say, give a shout out to my podcast, Reviewers. So if you've been listening to this, you know I'm looking to increase the number of reviewers. Yes, that's a hint. Please go over and give us a review. Go over to iTunes. There's a link in the show notes at delcallahan.com slash 147. Actually, any of the show notes, you'll find a link to the uh, podcast on iTunes where you can leave a show note. And uh, there's some information there how to do that. So I would appreciate it if you're finding this helpful. Hey, but also shoot out to me if you want to reach me. You can. There's multiple social media you can reach me on. But maybe the easiest thing for some of you is shoot me an email, whatever makes sense to you. I'd love to hear your feedback, uh, any questions that you have. Uh, for those of you that have reached out to me, thank you so much. Uh, thank you for those listening. I really do appreciate it. This is done I mean, right now, this podcast has zero monetary value. So let me say that again. It has zero monetary value. I'm not selling anything at the moment on this. Now, I'm made in the future, but this is strictly stuff that we teach at the university that I get a lot of questions about these subjects. And so I just try to package it together and the questions that we may answer in a classroom, we may answer in a team setting. And of course, when I say classroom, I'm usually dealing with professional audience, um, people that are most likely engineers uh, and or technical people, and they're working in industry. And so I'm, I just wanted to package this stuff together for them to use. So I, I want to provide this to you and uh, try to reach out and help as many people as uh, I can help. Why? You'll see some of that maybe. We'll actually talk about some of that today, what that's about. So by sh- a shout-out, though, for to Joseph Dees. I don't always know the podcast reviewers, and it's sometimes you leave crazy names on your uh, iTunes. But uh, I know Joseph, know Joseph very well. And, uh, and uh, so Joseph is, and I've actually done work together. Awesome job, Dale. I really enjoyed the episode on turning passion to profits with the podcast Answer Man. Uh, that is an actually a podcast. Uh, I'll put it in the show notes. I don't even remember what number podcast that is, but that is an awesome, awesome podcast because Cliff Ravens, uh, Cliff Ravenscraft, who is the podcast Answer Man, uh, talks about how he, his ministry that he uses the podcast as a form of ministry. Very interesting perspective on how he got there. And I'd heard him say it so many times, I wanted to record him and interview him doing that. So uh, Joseph said, keep up the good work. Thank you so much, for Joseph, for your feedback. And uh, thank you, Cliff, for uh, being there and doing that. And again, I'll put the show notes to that. There was a couple of podcasts I did that dinner, uh, did two interviews uh, one with uh, uh, Cliff Ravenscraft and the other with Brian Rabin uh, that said, uh, don't die in your cube. I think it's what that one is called. That have always been, even though I've done them, did, uh, them some time back, they get a lot of traction, get a lot of uh, airplay. So I thought I wanted to do that with that and kind of revive that post, if you will, that podcast. 
And uh, both of those, the one with Cliff was recorded live. We were sitting outside of a conference and uh, turned on a recorder and did it. So a little, uh, but actually turned out pretty well. And um, the one with Brian, I think, is over the phone. So anyway, thank you very much for listening. Uh, what we want to dive into, though, is where do you see yourself in five years? Now, that's the question. Oftentimes, we're asked in an interview, you're sitting there with an HR director or something, and they ask that question. I'll just tell you, um, HR people are hit and miss. And this is not an insult to HR people, but most HR people, they're overworked. They don't have a lot of time. Oftentimes, they're not really sure what they're interviewing for because they're in a larger company and they're just constantly churning. And so they don't know the details of what they're interviewing for. And they are a filter. And so I've had some HR experts or some of the interviewers say, you know, we ask these questions, but one girl said, I don't do anything with them. I'm just, this is the questions. This is our script. We ask these questions. Uh, some other may think more deeply about these questions, like where do you see yourself in five years? But as you get down the interviewing line, as you get closer to the person who might become your boss, the question has a little more meat and a little more meaning because they care a lot more about that because they're trying to think through where they're going in five years. But I don't really want to talk so much about the interview because some of you are interviewing and some are not. I want to talk about whether you're thinking about this question at all right now for your own reasons. I ask this question myself to a lot of people that I'm coaching, that I'm teaching, students I work with, uh, undergraduate students who are coming, they may be in the high school and they're coming joining a university like ours and they're going in, they're about to spend $100,000 or more, practically, to get a degree, and what are they going to do afterwards? So I'll ask them, where do you see yourself in five years? Because really, you're about to spend $100,000. You need to be thinking about, what the heck am I going to do after I get this degree to make the money? Because it should have a return on investment. At least, in my view, it should have a return on investment. So I want to ask you this question, though. I just want you to stop and think about it and tell you some reasons. I think it's an important question for us to stop and think about. So number one, and I have gotten the question back, why do you ask? Or why does that matter? Uh, Especially when I'm coaching them, people will say, well, I'm trying to find a job. You know, I'm trying to find another job. Number one, you need a direction. Now, you probably have a direction, but you need to think about the direction, right? We tend not to think about what's going on. You see, having a goal creates energy and enthusiasm. And it's just sometimes just that simple. Writing down a goal, you've probably heard this, that people who have goals accomplish more. Now, there's been some studies on that that's not true, something like 3% of the population who has goals accomplish more. Uh, that study's not actually, was, was never actually done. But yet there's been actual studies with goal setting that it does move the needle further along. But the main thing it does, whether it, you accomplish your goal or not, is it creates energy. 
it creates enthusiasm. Without a goal, you kind of get lazy and depressed. I don't mean clinically depressed, maybe, but maybe you do. Because we get in a rut, right? We, we show up at our day job or what we're doing. And we, in, in, in one of our companies, we work with lots of homeschool moms that talk to people inside of our company. Um, I don't talk to as many of them anymore, but they, they're busy. And by the time they're, they're homeschooling high school, Many of them had been in the workplace or not. You know, it doesn't really matter, but they, it, it's this long, enduring task. And it's, uh, and it, it becomes mind-numbing, right? And we're just busy trying to get our kids to the next level. Or if you're at work, you're just showing up at work doing the job and you've got pressures coming at you. And oftentimes, we just don't look up to think about where the heck this is going. It's kind of like getting in the car, taking a trip, just driving, you know, and I'm tired. I've been driving for five or six hours and I'm just going forward and there's a turn up here. I'm going to turn. I don't care. And we, we, we lose sight of where we're going. We probably weren't in that state of mind when we started, but we become that way after a while. I call this the corporate, corporate lobotomy. You know, you become numb while you're doing your job. And you do, you're, you're, you become emotionally drained and you quit thinking even about the job. And I've talked about this a number of times before. So sometimes just saying, where do you see yourself in five years? Let's stop for just a minute and think about that. How old will you be? How old will, will your children be? What year is it going to be five years from now? What does that look like? Where do you want to be? You know, and and sometimes just by asking that question, you start thinking differently. And I know many times we're thinking it's just we're going to retire and, and just stop doing everything. You know, I've seen friends sell their companies. And so friends of mine, I remember one friend of mine said he had sold out his company made plenty of money, and his comment was, I will never work another day in my life. He lasted a year, <laughs> which is a long time. But because without work, without a direction, there's no meaning, and you kind of lose out. You, you probably have heard the stats that the life expectancy of somebody who retires, who doesn't do anything, is actually reduced because there's not anything to do. And then we see the other people who retire and they have more to do and they're busier than they were than when they were working a full-time job because they have a goal, they have a direction, they have something they want to do, something they care about. So think about, you need a direction. If you don't have a direction that you're going, think about where do you want to go? Where do you want your family to be? So think about this. Today's decisions, number two, and I, I answered this question to somebody just the other day, and he's a fairly young engineer, and I was asking the question, he says, you know, why does it matter? And I said, because today's decisions impact tomorrow's outcome, right? If I if I want to be somewhere, and it's, and it's like driving on the trip, right? If I want to be to Dallas, Texas, and I'm going to drive to Dallas, Texas, my decision at the beginning is critical, but my decision all the way through the path is also critical if I want to be there at a certain time. 
because I can, if I take the wrong turn, if I dilly-dally around and don't get to the place I'm trying to be and have the deadlines, I'm not going to get there. So these things matter. So for instance, if you want to be in a new job or you want to be in a new city, and that's a question I love asking, what city do you want to live in? And a lot of us have never thought about that. Do you really want to stay in the same city? Maybe you do, maybe you don't. What would be your new job? If you could just say five years out from now, where would you want to be and what job? What do you want to be earning? Yeah, do you want to be earning more money? And a lot of people will say, you know, I think maybe I'll be earning, you know, 10% or 20% more than I'm earning now. That's, that's fine, but oftentimes that's a low goal. You don't have to. The question is, where do you want to be? And you want to retire. So think, going back to that, some people say, well, I want to retire in five years. So I have people on my team uh, and the team at the university who they're thinking that way. In five years, I'm not going to be doing this. What are you going to be doing? Because when you serve people, you're happier. You know, there's the quote in 2 Timothy talking about finishing well, finish the race well. You're not finished with the race even if you retire. Again, what was it, a friend of mine, he was 37 or something when he decided to sell out of his company, the one that said, I'll never work another day in my life. So he's 37. He's never going to work another day. In his case, he was going to play golf. Um, He hadn't finished the race. He had lots more to do. Since then, he started another company and sold it, and now he's on another company and doing uh, amazing things uh, because... He just needs to use his energy and do things. So, but every decision you make today, especially if you're heading toward a promotion or you want to be in a different job, maybe you want to do a career shift, then little things you do today can have an impact. So knowing where I want to go helps me get there. So let me, I'll give you an example because Number three, part of the thing I think about is your five-year goals might be closer than you think they are. So let me give you two examples of that and how those today's decisions matter. Um, So Trent, Trent's a client of ours in our graduate program. We call him clients. Uh, Trent, uh, young engineer, brilliant guy, works for, was working for a company, AT&T. Uh, many of us are familiar with. Now, it wasn't his ideal job. Uh, And as I said and talked to him, he made the comment, you know, and I probably asked him the question, where do you see yourself in five years? And he says, well, in five years, I want to be a Disney engineer. And I said, well, okay, you know, that's interesting. So what are you doing to move toward that direction, right? Today's decision impact tomorrow's outcome. What are you doing? And he said, well, nothing. Now, that probably wasn't really true. That probably wasn't what he really said. But inherently, he didn't. He wasn't really moving toward that goal. So we started chatting about, hey, what do you, who do you know at Disney? Can we help you connect up to somebody at Disney? So point being, um, within a week or two, he was talking to people at Disney. Within a month or so, he was going down to Disney to talk to them. Now, they told him, we have no job openings. But within so many months, and it was was within six months, he was working at Disney. 
And and when I talk to him now, he still loves it. I mean, you never know when you get into something that you want where you love it, right? He still loves it. But what happened was that five-year goal, once he kind of got it concrete and thought about what are the little steps I need to be taking now? Because when you get your five-year goal, what do you need to be doing now to get there? And he realized his five-year goal in six months. Now, I've done that many times with businesses. You move to a business success much faster because you get focused, because you define the goal. Uh, on so many things, you know, you start moving. There's just nothing like momentum. So I run into, I had this story the other day. Uh, there's, there's a guy that's in my class. I don't have permission to use his name, so I won't, or I haven't asked him. But he is, in a class I'm teaching, he is a Ph.D., or he was a Ph.D. student. Um, he's from outside the country, was a Ph.D. student. Dropped out of the Ph.D. because basically had information that it was going to be a five- to six-year ordeal and just wasn't will- willing to put up with that. And as he came back and started talking to me about it, he, he realized the Ph.D. students that I work with, somebody told him, that I'm very focused on getting them done. Not a five- or six-year ordeal. You need to be done. You need to move very swiftly because the goal is to be done, not to hang around as a Ph.D. student forever. Some of you who have Ph.D. students may differ on that. That's okay. That's not my philosophy. My philosophy is get in and get out, take the shortest path possible because your income doesn't really pick up until after unless you're doing something else. So he learns this and he comes and talks to me and he, we're having this five-year conversation, right? Always comes back to this five-year conversation. And when he comes back and talks to me, he realizes, wait a minute. I mean, it was just us, the two of us sitting there we start just kind of mapping out what does that look like? What courses has he taken? Just going through the process of a PhD. And he's a lot of the way there already. And he realized he was much closer than he thought because he was now asking the questions differently, knowing the goal and now asking the right questions and setting on the right path instead of just sitting back and waiting for it to happen. right? And that's how we do a lot of things with our five-year plans. We wait for it to happen to us. That's not what our job is. Our job is to take action in making the process move forward. I mean, the so those of you that are Christians, you know, we hear this thing about, you know, Christians, there's, there's some that would believe that you just pray to God and you just wait. And maybe there's times that that happens. But then there's others you pray and you work. And the farmer story is really classic. You know, the farmer prays for the rain, prays for the crop, and then works his tail off to make sure it happens. He's going to do his part, and you've got to be active. Your five-year plan needs you to be active. It first needs you to have a plan. So let me just ask you, where do you see yourself in five years? And I'm going to just tell you right now uh, a point of conviction for, for me, for us. So my wife, Leah, and I have been talking for uh, months, maybe, maybe a year or two, about conversations that kind of, and this is how she would word the conversation, of 
let's just sell the companies, let's sell a lot of the other real estate, and let's just quit. And we're driving down the road one day, and, and she says this, we're, we're heading out of town, and I said, well, that's interesting, let's entertain that. What does that mean, quit and do what? And she said, nothing. Now, the, the male part of me, I broke out in a sweat at the thought of doing nothing, because when she said nothing, she meant nothing. Practically, she didn't, but that's how I took it. I can't do nothing, right? And probably you can't either, even if you think you can. But she would be happy, at least she thinks she would, she would be happy going to Yellowstone, sitting out in the field, photographing buffalo or other kind of wild animals, probably for days and weeks, months, maybe years on time. I don't know. She maybe get tired of that. But at least in her perspective, she could find plenty to do. That's her. That's <laughs> not me. But what? as we started talking through this, and we've kind of got this mindset, and maybe I should be ashamed to admit this, but we had kind of got this mindset that we're done. And I remember telling my mastermind group not too long ago, I'm done. Financially, we're done. We don't need to do nothing. We're just going to quit. And, and, and I kind of, my mind was kind of on coast. And because my mind went to coast, I kind of felt depressed. There was nowhere to go. There was nothing to do. It's like we're going to sit around and go do whatever we want, we want but, there's, but there, there wasn't the meaning, right? And you see what I'm getting at. You need the meaning. Having goals and directions gets enthusiasm and energy. Once we kind of got our head out of that, and it was beat out of us, partly by pastors preaching sermons that had nothing to do with this. But, you know, you know how you're sitting in a sermon and uh, they're talking straight to you and you know it. Uh, but being convicted that that's not our job. Our job is not to rest. Our job is to serve. How do we serve? And as we started talking through that, what are the things that we're serving? And some friends of mine, we talked about that. And we, there's excitement and energy again in what we're doing, partly because we have a goal and we have something that we're trying to do and it's fuzzy i will just be the first to admit to you it's a little fuzzy right now so and as i've talked to people so a great friend of mine marissa she's she's helping us look at that and she just asked me some questions the other day and it was like wow that's they're easy questions but they're tough but it was kind of this where are you going dale where do you want to go? But in all of that is excitement. So I'm just asking you, don't get caught up in, in getting too comfortable where you are. Don't get caught up in getting too busy where you are. You can't stop and think. But think, where do you see yourself in five years? Go ask your, if you're married, ask your spouse and just say, where are we heading here? Put that data on a calendar. Look at it on the paper. Think about where your kids are going to be. Where are you going to go? And think through a plan, right? Just thinking through it creates freedom. It creates energy. And it's just an awesome thing to do how you will use it. So I share this with you. I share this with you as partly as you hear is that while I coach people on this, this is a question I ask and I can look in the mirror and I'm just as guilty as they are, right? It's easy to coach somebody else on something but it's a struggle that I've had of thinking through what is the service that we provide to people 
for the next five years. Where are we growing to? Where are we going to? You think about that. I would love to hear from you. So thank you for those of you that have emailed me and engaged with me over social media and the different paths. Uh, uh, that's always fun because I love hearing what other people are doing and are thinking, and especially those of you that have been helpful. There's been many of you now that's been helpful to us in terms of giving us feedback, uh, making suggestions, asking us to help you or your audience. That's a great thing. So thank you. I encourage that. You can just email me at dale at dalecallahan.com. You can find me on Facebook, on Twitter, uh, LinkedIn. Sometimes email is the best because I know I see that every day. But would love to hear from you. And until next week, we will be talking to you later. Have a great one.